Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Bay Takes Podcast. My name is Mikey. And I'm Gus. And today we're going to pick our NBA all-star teams for both conferences with a very special guest, Mr. Carson Breber. He's from Nerd Sesh. You guys probably know him as the man with some of the most ball knowledge on all of TikTok. He knows everything, every list, every stat. So um, we may have to refer to him as our statistical dictionary during this podcast. But uh, we are going to be picking the all-star teams who we think should make it. Um, the first thing I will just mention is that games played is a massive, massive uh, thing in the all-star game because there are a lot of like you have to find ways to differentiate between guys because there's probably more than 12 guys that deserve it and uh Carson how are you doing I'm very good appreciate you guys having me on appreciate the introduction you know I just remember some weird stuff and I'm glad that people enjoy that find it cool so pumped to be here uh Mikey the last thing I will just say is the roster construction in the back uh in for the starters you have two backcourt spots three front court for the bench it's two backcourt three front court and then two wild cards or any whatever you want to call that two of any position um so there's 12 spots on each team but because of the way that the NBA has decided to do it instead of just making it the 12 best guys um it's not that way so we are going to have to make some cuts that I probably wouldn't want to make and a better player might not make it because of something. But uh, right now we're, it's really iffy. Um, I really don't like the construction, but hopefully it can change in the future. And and right now we're going to start with the Eastern conference. Uh, Carson, why don't you start us off? Well, who do you, who are your five? Because I think it's, it's, there's like three kind of autos or maybe not actually, Mm -hmm. because I don't care. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think Donovan Mitchell is a lock in the starting backcourt. I have Kyrie as my other starter. And then in the front court, I have Giannis, KD, and Jason Tatum. Mikey, what do you oh, have? Okay. Yeah, mine is very different. I have Halliburton and Mitchell in the backcourt, and Giannis, Tatum, and Embiid uh, in the front court. Interesting. You guys? I was debating putting Kyrie on or not. I don't know. Like, statistically, he's been so good but then like i don't know i think you have to factor in like what he does off the court and like that but at least like this half of the season besides the you know the big issue um he's like play wise yeah he's probably up there i have uh donovan mitchell and jalen brown as my backcourt and then um i know no point guard but like i just taken the two best guards and then tatum Giannis, and Embiid. i think it was going to be a lot more of a question if durant was healthy Uh um but now like it you just like those are the four best guys and it would suck to have to take one of them off for any other reason besides health so durant is the easy cop out because he's not um healthy right now but i mean hopefully he'll be back but i feel like okay the reason i cut off durant and i i is it's the health reason because a i don't know if he's gonna play but honestly like if you were if the all-star game was today and he was healthy durant would easily be here he had the case to be the best out of all of these guys this season. Yeah. Um. So I am not mad at that whatsoever. But I just think the health 
changes that. What do you think? I think, well, yeah, go ahead. I mean, my thought process is pretty simple. It is, I think Katie has been the single best front court player in the Eastern Conference this year. Literally unprecedented, historically scoring efficiency and volume. I mean, 30 a game on 67 plus percent true shooting. We have literally never seen that before in the history of basketball combined with his continued improved playmaking, having one of his best defensive seasons and carrying a team that was in the gutter, like in a disastrous situation to an incredible run where before he got hurt, they were within a game of the best team in the league. I just feel like I have to reward that. And yeah, he's not going to play no matter what, but I don't want to take the cop out. I want to put the guy who I think deserves to be a starter, at least a name. And I think Katie has earned that. So wait, so who was your, who was your front court Tatum, Giannis and Durant? Yeah. In between Tatum and Embiid to me, it's so close. In fact, we did a podcast like after the first returns a couple weeks ago and I had Embiid over Tatum. I do think game to game, Embiid has been slightly better. But to me, they're the sixth and seventh best players in the world, respectively. And Tatum, you know, putting up 31 a night on 61% true shooting for the best team in the league with elite two-way impact. When he's played 10 more games, I just will give him the slight edge there. I don't know. Durant, like, I took a cop-out, and I don't, I don't like it, but, like, Part of me wants to cut Tatum if Durant I think that's was healthy. Fair. But I like, think he would. Yeah, I, I, the the pick I would have made was Embiid. I just think like if Durant's healthy, then the game is played. And like I think Embiid was the closest to getting cut. But like I don't know. When I just think of all four of them as players, I feel like Tatum's the worst player. And then Tatum is also the best player on the best team in the league. And then like there's that argument. So it's really hard for me to distinguish it. But, um. So some similarities, obviously there were some guys that were definitely going to be on there. Um, So to the bench, because I have in my backcourt Tyrese, we're my bench backcourt, so my two guys, uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Darius Garland as my two um, guards in the the East reserves. Okay, I have... Jalen and Halliburton in those two spots. I have Jalen and Trey in those two spots. Um, first, I want to just say that like I completely cut Kyrie from this entire list, and I cut Garland. So, first, I think it's interesting that like some people that you guys have as starters, I cut. Some guys that you have as not even the wild cards, I cut. A that just shows you how many guys are scoring and how many guys are playing defense now. I mean, okay, it's not playing defense because so many people are scoring, but um, how many people have impact? And look, Trey, you know their team is not doing very good. This trade is not looking like it's the best trade at all time. It actually, looks like one of the worst. But I think that Trey being one of the best passers in the league just automatically does it, and he's putting up what twenty nine points a game, twenty eight points a game. So I have to put him here. What do you guys think? I really struggled with Trey. I think the way that he has been playing in this month, bona fide all-star, that's like normal Trey stuff, but he was so bad for the first two plus months. And of course the raw production is there and it always will be, but the Hawks were worse with him on the floor than off it. He has been, I would argue the worst defensive rotation player in basketball. And when he's scoring at well below league average efficiency and like plummeting compared to previous years in terms of, pull-up jump shooting, overall scoring efficiency on a team that has really underachieved. Like, yes, they're kicking into form now. He's kicking into form. And 
I do think he's a top 24 player on the planet, but I don't know that he has had a top 24 season. He's very close. Of course, the raw production will always be there. Of course, the playmaking value is always there, but it's just been ugly, man. It's been really ugly out of him, and I don't really want to reward that when it hasn't been accompanied by team success either. Here's my question for you, question. Do you have Trey Young on your team at all? No, he's my first guy off. I he's not even my first guy off. I mm. look, I'm a bit of a Trey Young hater in the sense of like I'm a little anti Trey Young. I just don't love the way that he plays and like I don't know. I don't like the way he impacts a team or doesn't impact a team in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um I think the easy argument is he doesn't play defense, right? And like or or even if he is, like he's just not a good defender. And I will hold that against him always because I care about it. And in this NBA, defense is even more valuable because it seems like no one can do anything to stop anybody. So there's that. But I think the efficiency is a huge thing. Like talking about a guy who has been career, he was 36, 34, 38 from three the last three years. He's 31.9 this year. He's below league average true shooting. He's down in terms of points from last year. And like the defense has not gotten any better. So that's there. And then I also just think like he's on a mediocre team. I I don't like the way he impacts a game. Like I, mm-hmm. I know obviously one of the best, pure like shooters and scorers in the league and like playmakers like off the pick and roll all that stuff i get that like you're, you don't have to argue with me about his talent and his ability i'm telling you that like i we had an we had an argument on a podcast that we're going to post in a couple weeks which is is trey young a one is he like can he can he be the best player on a championship team at any point in his career and i said no i don't think so because i don't think you can be that bad defensively and also be not fun to play with i don't think he's fun to play with for most guys, because you're just either sitting in the corner or sitting on the wing, or like you might be catching some lobs, but like he's heliocentric, and I don't know what other play style. We've never seen him like try to play in a different play style. Yeah. And the numbers, like I feel like if you put a lot of these other guys, they could put up better, more efficient numbers in a similar system, but he's being put in this system. And instead, like I want to see what Trey Young looks like outside of it. I'm not going to hold his system against him, but I do think that's the reason he's putting up more numbers. And I think that the defense, the lack of efficiency, the team's not winning. And I, I just don't like the way he fits into any team. So that I, I look, I might've just hated on Trey young for like two minutes, but that's my argument. I think I agree because I think that the mark of a truly great player is not to me. Okay. Can you elevate a certain group to, being above average to being solid right and Trey with his sheer volume and really I mean brilliance in certain ways as a pick and roll player right he has incredible feel the floater is lethal the ability to draw fouls when the pull-up jump shot is on he can be unstoppable all while being this incredible law passer who just creates so many great looks for shooters like Trey Young at his best can be an incredible offensive engine but to me the mark of a great player is how do you amplify and grow when there is good talent around you, when better players are added around you, and you theoretically should be able to raise the ceiling of your team, like we saw the Hawks do with DeJounte Murray this year, and the Hawks have been worse. And we have seen a complete resistance from Trey to adjust his play style in any way, right? Like anybody who theoretically was like, oh, maybe we'll see him operate away from the ball more. Of course, he has not done that. He's rigid. He plays the way that he plays, and he has not been up to his standards this year. So... I think you can argue it, but I just didn't want to reward it this season. And I legitimately think it's not like a, oh, on principle, Trey should be an obvious all-star based on production and efficiency, but I don't want to have him here because I don't like how he plays. I legitimately think he's on that cusp enough to where it's like he hasn't impacted winning this year, and I don't want to reward it. 
I mean, I'm not trying to. Def- wait, 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 wait. But does his defense even matter for an All Star game? Because it's should he play for an be in the All Star game? But does yes. it even matter? Yes, all-star games are used as a reflection of a player's greatness. They should be earned. They should not just be given out. I but agree, but like, okay, Trey Young always would be, the, the all-star game would be more fun if we had Trey Young in here instead of like Darius someone Garland. who's, no, Darius Garland's fun. But but maybe, yeah, instead of like, I don't know, I have Jalen Darius Brunson Garland is there. sick. Yeah, I would say like, instead of like Brunson, he'd be more fun, but. Like, we're talking about, okay, yes, the All-Star game, yes. But, like, I'm talking about as, like, just qualifying for an All-Star team. Yeah, I'm more with Carson. Mikey, who are who are your guys for – Are you? did you tell us? Oh, you have Trey and Halliburton. No, you have no. Trey and Jalen Brown. Trey and you got and Halliburton Brown. starting. Yeah, okay. Yes. All right. Um, East so front court. For, yeah, yeah. Mikey, who um, do you have? I have Durant, Siakam, and Bam. Okay. Carson? I have very similar. I have Siakam, Bam, and MVP. I have uh, Durant, Siakam, and DeMar DeRozan um, here. I think it's it's interesting because Bam, <laughs> I actually love what he's done. Um, the the East has just gotten more talented this year, and I actually don't have him on here. Um, and I really wanted to put him on here, but it was really tough for me to really? cut him. It was very tough for me to cut him, to be honest with you. Um I think maybe who I'd rather have on my team is Bam because of what he does defensively. Um, But I just think like the Bulls are just not very good. And I think that DeRozan has elevated them to like being a team that can hang with big teams. And like, just like, I, I, I always thought of DeRozan as like a poor efficiency player. And I think at times in his career, he has been, but then you go look at his true shooting numbers and like, because he gets the line a lot because he's 89% from the line this year. And he's shooting above 50%. Yes, the three-pointers. And I'm a big like efficiency guy. The three-pointers not being made or shot hurts his efficiency a lot. But he's able to be that like probably around above uh, around league average or above efficiency, I think, this mm-hmm. season, while barely shooting threes. I think that's extremely impressive. Obviously, one of the best pure scorers playing on a team that I don't think is like extremely talented or deep. Um, I think he's he's I don't know. I, I just value what he does. And I think like as someone who I like genuinely, I he's done it for so many years. And this year, I think he's done the same thing. I don't think he's that much. Like, I, I think, I don't think he's very different this year than what he was last mm-hmm. year. Besides that one, like 35 a game for like eight games stretch. I think that's a pretty fair case. Again, when I did a version of this a couple of weeks ago, I had Damar on. He's now one of my first two guys off with Trey, but the, Pure brilliance is a score. It's undeniable, right? And if you look at the kind of bucket getting that we value most from perimeter creators, he's a 94th percentile isolation score. He's a 97th percentile pick and roll score. He's a great fluid athlete. He's a great pull-up mid-range shooter. Like, And he's a solid playmaker. Really, the differences are, I mean, he was a little better last year. He was obviously insane in the clutch. And the Bulls were better, especially at All-Star break. And last year, he was a starter, wasn't he? So I don't have a problem with you putting him on. I just think there are a couple guys who have more complete all-around impacts on winning who I'm favoring, but I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, same reasoning as Carson for me. I just have Bam over him just solely based off the fact that A, Bam is having the best season of his career. I'm not sure defensively, but definitely offensively. And then on top of that, they're you know they started the season so badly and they've came back and him and Jimmy have played a lot better. Um the last what 10 20 games and the bulls aren't winning 
anywhere near how as much as they were last year. Last year, at some points, we were like, oh, are they really like a contender in the East? So, um, you know, DeRozan maybe is having the same season, but his impact on their winning is obviously a little bit less. He's my like second or third guy out. So my last two reserves are the wild cards, and I have two guys. I have Jalen Brunson. Um, I'll defend him really quickly. The numbers are not what some of the other guys' numbers are going to be, just like as pure scoring. I think he's like 23 a game or 22-ish. Um, what he is, like his his impact, especially in the clutch, like you were talking about with DeRozan last year, um, his playmaking, everything offensively, and just how he's impacted the Knicks, who have been an above-average NBA team this year, coming from a really, really bad season last year, and being one of the one of the few major changes that I feel like they made um is really impressive to me and I think he deserves to be on here and I he was one of the few guys that I was like yeah he's definitely not gonna be a starter but like I'm not cutting Jalen Brunson so he's my first guy and then Kyrie I think the numbers and just what he's been able to do on the court this season even if his off the court stuff is really bad and trust me I am one of the I'm a big like anti-Kyrie guy in a lot of ways he's what he's done on the court this season is undeniable and I mean he shredded the Warriors last night in the clutch it was they couldn't stop him. And being a Warriors fan, I like I got flashbacks. I'll admit it. Like, just <laughs> he's still that good of a player. He's still maybe like pure talent, one of the most talented, most fluid, most unguardable guys in the NBA. So, yeah, if he was like tall, like he might be the greatest player ever. <laughs> but he, but he's a guard and he's still incredible. So, and my first guys off were Bam, Jimmy, Trey, Randall, and Harden. Um. Bam and Jimmy are really weird to me. So I think Jimmy was actually harder to cut for me. And the reason is like, we know in playoff time, he's going to turn into like a top 10 guy. Last year, he was like literally a top three player in the playoffs or top five, whatever you want to say. Like he was that good. He came one, three the away. Best. He came one, three away from leading his team to the final. So, I mean, I, I think he, we know how good he's going to be in the playoffs, but in terms of this regular season, I have not seen enough from him to feel like he is an all-star, but, but do I believe he's better than probably five of the guys that are above him? Yeah. But like this season, I'm talking about this season, this all-star season, I don't, I'm not putting him on my team. Interesting. I have Jimmy and drew holiday in my last two spots. And I definitely think again there are cases that you can make for a few guys here Brunson I would have as probably my third guy off like I do think he's had a really good season to me it's just average defensive impact average efficiency the Knicks have actually been better with him off the floor this year which I think is just more testament to the fact that they have a strong bench and their bench unit generally plays better than their starters I think he's their best guy like I think he certainly deserves to be here over Randall but when it comes down to it I do not think that he is on the level as a player with Jimmy drew it's close but I think Drew's had a really good underrated season and when Milwaukee has really needed him to step up particularly offensively he has done so like we're looking at one of his best scoring and playmaking seasons of his career 20 a night seven and a half assists they're 23 and 12 when he plays they've been like a 500 team without him they're 10 and a half points per hundred possessions better with him on the floor and obviously is doing this while being maybe the best on-ball perimeter defender in basketball for a team that has really needed him on both ends of the floor as they've been shorthanded and has still been elite when he's out there. So I wanted to reward that. He's definitely the last guy, though. Jimmy, I will say, 
games played could be a factor here. I'm just trying not to value that too heavily in a year where it seems like everybody's missing games like last year. Like, I think that's just the new NBA. But Jimmy's putting up his 22-6-5 and five on 62% true shooting. He's having elite two-way impact. He's a really skilled playmaker. He eats up free throws. He's killer from the mid-range and in that short-range area. It's just like, this is Jimmy. And it's very clear the winning impact that he's had on the Heat. Again, like, they were struggling mightily. When he plays, they're 19-15. and 15. They're a legitimately good basketball team. It's just what he does every year. He has such a well-rounded impact on both ends of the floor. And the production's there. The efficiency's there. And the team success compared to some of these other guys is there too. So again, I think out East, you can really go deep with the cases. Like I love Darius Garland. I just, I I just think he's lacking a bit too much defensively and isn't cool. I don't know. His scoring is pretty close to some of these other guys, but it's like, it's Jimmy Butler, man. You know, he is like a top 15 guy often when it comes down to it. And he's played like it this year when he's been out there. All right. So for me, I have Harden and Jimmy. Um, Harden has played significantly less games than a lot of these other guys. He's only played 30, but the 76ers are 20 and 10 when Harden plays. In my opinion, Harden's the best passer in the league. I know that sounds crazy, but I think he's the best passer mm-hmm. in the NBA. Um, I think that he this is his most efficient three-point shooting season of his career. Obviously, he's not shooting the same uh, volume as he was when he was on the Rockets. Um, and I've already said it before. When I'm voting these guys into an all-star game, I'm not really thinking about defense as much as probably I should, but this is not an all-NBA selection. This is not the top 20 or top, top 30 best players in the league. Um, I think that I am factoring in who would I rather see. Um, would I rather see Jalen Brunson or would I rather see Harden? I think that's pretty easy for me at least. Um, so give me Harden. I think he has had, he's had a huge impact on winning. And... Um, despite him not being a great defender anymore, you know, ever. I don't don't... think he was ever a good defender, but continue. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Whatever. That's besides the point. But um, I think that his impact offensively is, is huge and it shows in the record as well. Yeah. I considered Harden. I just, I don't know, man. I don't think that the production has quite been what it would need to be for me with him. Given the missed games. I mean, you know, he's up at 16. And like I said, I'm trying not to factor that too heavily, but it can be a tiebreaker. And the Sixers, they've been 20 and 10 with him. They've also been 10 and six without him, which is a good mark, obviously. And they're just so talented that, yeah, they're hitting their stride now. But overall in the season, I feel like they've performed around expectations. So I think Harden is, listen, obviously very good. But to me, it's just like, when the gap between him and Drew is there offensively, clearly Harden's better, but it's not comparable to the gap defensively and to me just how essential Drew has been to the Bucks. But I think Harden's close. I mean, I think Mikey's just taking a slightly different approach, which is like he wants yeah. to see the best all-star game possible. And I think like his all-star but game roster really, will be... Do you that's like not how I think Harden, about it. Do you like watching Harden that much? I, well, I'm a Warriors fan. And he's like cooked us for years. So I'd rather yeah, see him with, in like a neutral game playing next to Curry than, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I do like watching Harden. Yeah, I, I don't like watching Harden that much, but I also think that in an all-star game, he would be fun to watch. I don't think you'd rather watch Drew Holiday. I no, didn't pick I just, Drew Holiday. I picked Darius no. Garland. No, 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 I, think I, know, I know. I'm talking more fun. Carson here. My bad. Uh, I do not care about that as criteria at all. I just think it's funny to say Harden, who was going to hit 30 
dribbles between the legs into a step back and is going to get into the paint and hook people's arms. Like that's how he's killed the Warriors. Let's be real. It's ISO two same moves every time getting into the paint, drawing a foul, putting up a floater, taking a step back three. Like obviously he's a beautiful passer, but he's not like a guy who plays within the rhythm and flow of an offense. Like he sets the tempo. He is going to dominate the possession and then make his read out of pick and roll. So to me, it's just not like, Oh man, I can't wait to watch James Harden. He's not a dynamic athlete. I just don't think he's the kind of guy who is like, wow, I need to see him. I just find it interesting. I don't know. With Drew, it's like if I'm ranking like the 30 best players in the league or like the 30 guys or 20 guys that I most want to have on my roster, he's definitely up there. But I don't know. I just like, I think when it comes down to all-star game for me, I I tend to veer towards numbers more than uh, mm-hmm. for an all NBA or like just a player that I want. Of course, the numbers don't matter for a player you want. You just like who you want the best player. But uh, for an all-star game, I care about numbers. I care about like factual evidence on my case. So he, I didn't really think about him very much. He's also missed some time. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like there's been a lot of really, really good guard seasons in the East m- better than most years. So, or most previous years. Uh, so I was basically just like, didn't really think about him. Let's go to the West since we are short on time. Um, so the West is more straightforward in some ways, but there are some weird cuts. Um, so my starters are Steph, Luca, LeBron, Demonta Sabonis, and Jokic. That is that is what I have right now. I have the same starting five. I have, yeah, Curry, Luca, Jokic, LeBron, Sabonis. So I think the most debated thing is probably either Sabonis or Steph. And so like Luka, Jokic feel like locks um, because of just the lack of health in the front court in the West. I think LeBron's a lock. Also, like he's been great. We're not going to deny like he's been really good. Mm-hmm. But I think in like a health, like I think healthy AD, I would have put over LeBron, but 100%. he hasn't been healthy. Uh, I think healthy Zion is like probably not over LeBron, but it's like, it's a debate you could actually have. It's tough because it's LeBron and he's a top two player of all time or top one, depending on what you think. But like, I I think LeBron at this point is a lock. And then you're looking at the Steph thing, which is well, Shea and Ja have had incredible seasons and probably played more games. So like, that's what you're thinking. But I just think like Curry was having one of his best seasons, especially offensively this season before he got injured, like he was like just ridiculous efficiency, 30 plus a night. The Warriors just weren't winning games. And I don't think that has anything to do with him. I think it's, I, we watch every Warriors game. I think it's the role players that are getting better, but like the Warriors cannot like hold a lead and they cannot win like back-to-back games. Like they win and then they lose and they win and they lose. They can't go on runs uh, of games and they give up leads a lot in the clutch. But Curry, especially before his injury, and he's been a little worse since he's come back, but he's Curry. He's been a top two guard in the West, in my opinion. I was never going to leave him off, especially as a Warriors fan, but I was also just never going to leave him off. I agree. I think Shea's had an unbelievable season, and if you want to reward him for playing 10 more games, that's cool, but it's just like when it comes down to it, there is still no debate in who is having the greater impact on the game. It's Steph Curry. You know, It's not up for debate. I don't want to debate on that too long. Mikey, who are your uh, bench guards in the West? Yeah, it's John and Shane. It's not close. 
Um, I think Dame has a case because he's arguably having one of his greatest seasons of his career. But Jaw, I mean, it's pretty obvious the impact on winning. And then Shea's having the best season of his, his career and is probably going to win most improved player. So, um, yeah, I feel like that was pretty simple. I have the same. Uh, I don't. I think you you did it pretty well. Jaw, best player on the second best team in the West. One of the best guards. One of the, the probably the best pure athlete in the league right now. Um, and then Shea, thirty six and thirty one six and five, uh, on good efficiency, and pretty solid defense. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna debate it. Yeah, I have the same too. The one thing I will say is I think a lot of people would consider Ja over SGA, and I simply think that SGA is a better basketball player. I think he's a more complete scorer. He's more efficient on higher volume. He shoots better than Ja literally from every area on the court, restricted area, the rest of the paint, mid-range, deep, more versatile, significantly better defender. People love Ja, and Ja is, of course, really good, but I think people conflate the Grizzlies' success with his brilliance, and it's like put SGA on that team, and I think that Obviously, it's not apples to apples. They have different play styles, but I do think SGA is a better all-around basketball player, so shout out to him. Mike, Mikey, what do you think about that? So for, for me with Ja, um, I think maybe he gets... I don't think he's personally overrated, but I think he gets overrated, if that makes sense, by a lot of people who... Like, the, like when you see a guy who has that kind of highlight reel and makes those mm-hmm. kind of plays, the plays he makes are way more improbable than Shea's plays that he makes even if they're yeah. worth the same amount of points or have the same impact on the game he's, he's maybe the most fun player in the nba to watch i would argue that it's curry but like there's definitely an argument to be made there that i think you make a good point which is that like look at the grizzlies like two through ten like there are not many better um and they have like 12 good guys it they're they're so deep and really well coached and i hate them but they're really, really, really good. Um, and yes, I think if you put Shea on that, but like, I, I, okay, I've kind of gotten tired of the put him on XYZ team thing because it's like you put him on the team and then you're like, wait a minute, like, like it's just like the team would be different. Yeah, I just like it's not, it, and, and I think it's like, you know, I understand the nature of the argument, but for me, Mike, Mikey, do you think, who do you think better, Shea or Jock? Because I'll tell you who I think is better. After. I like Shea more, um, I th- or at least this season. I think Jaw is probably the better player. Um, I I actually I mean it's pretty even honestly, but I like Shea's ability to get to the line. I think that's pretty underrated because I feel like every time in the clutch he's able to get a good shot off. He doesn't rush anything. He's really good at setting tempo. Um, and I like that a little bit more than Jaw, but I think they're pretty even honestly. I think Shea's the better player. I think that I, but if I was picking between them, like it's a toss up pretty much. Um, here's what I think. I think Shea's the better player because I think he's a better outside shooter. And I, I like you said, I think getting to the line is important. I think he's an easily a better defender. Um, and I don't know. I think his, I just like, I think if you, if I was picking who I would want I'm going to go back on what I just said. And I said it would be hard for a pick between them. It would be hard, but like I think if I was picking who I would want to start a franchise, I would pick Shea because I just think that I can win more. Like I can build a roster more easily around him than I can with Jaw. Is that a knock on Jaw? No, he's probably a top 10 guy. There's so many top 10 guys, it feels like, but like he's probably a top 10 guy. So 
yeah, he's the best attacker of the paint in the league from the guard position, probably. So, like, am I going to hold that against him? No, but and, and in a normal year, again, it would not like having a loaded West, especially for guards. Um, really only for guards, in my opinion. Uh, he would definitely be starting. He'd be starting in the East, I can tell you. Um, so yeah, that's just like how it works. My front court for the West uh, reserves. This was one of the hardest things for me just because games played and it just feels like they're for these last five spots, there's six guys. Um, but currently I have Zion AD and Lori Markinen there. I just don't think that there was like another front court guy that was good enough to supplant them. I completely agree. I have the same three. I think Lori has had a phenomenal season, absolutely deserving of a, all-star spot literally historic like he's having the sixth most efficient 24 point per game season ever by true shooting and is so good in every phase of the game isolation spotting up as a roll man or a popper at the rim mid-range like he's just obviously from deep having an incredible season and then zion and ad to me have been top 10 players in basketball this year when they're healthy and yeah ad's missed almost half the year now and zion is not that far off from it but like if we were not factoring health at all, I think that that would be my starting front court alongside Jokic. LeBron has certainly worked his way up to where he's like right with Zion. I think AD point blank is better. I think AD this year was absolutely unbelievable. Devastating. He was top. He was a top five guy. He was. I think he was top seven, definitely. I mean, yeah. I guess there's so many ties. I like to say exactly. Then you think about it's hard, dude. Because yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's hard to do that these days. But and Zion's also been unbelievable so yeah I, I agree I don't think anybody else deserves to be there over them even with health considered yeah I have the same I was considering Jaron Jackson Jr. which is kind of weird because he doesn't play that many minutes um but and he also like I don't know I I just felt like his defense is so insane I know I've, I've been going with this like whole offensive thing for this all-star picks but he's literally going to win Depoy, or at least right now he is. And he's not going to be an all-star, or at least for me, he's not going to be an all-star. Like, that feels really weird to me. So and then again, Marcus Smart him. won it last year. Yeah, but, yeah. but Marcus Smart won it last year. But yeah. I don't know. I, but I, I had the I, same he he was the only, uh, he, the only other front court player. I, th- I can't say he was the only other front court player, but like Paul George uh, yeah. and Aaron Gordon. The Aaron Gordon was never going to make it, but like I feel like he deserves a nod, like just like. And like he a, said like, he was going to do the dunk contest if he made the All Star game, or I think he said that. Something along he's, the lines of that. He's been. He's had easily his best season of his career, and it's not close. He's been awesome. He's like seriously a very, very good player next to Jokic. I mean, everyone looks good next to Jokic, but like especially he's he's just been really, really good. My last two guys. I'm afraid we all have the same exact West team, but I cut Devin Booker from the All Star game. And I have Dame and De'Aaron Fox. I think that De'Aaron Fox is basically been as important to the Kings as Sabonis had. Like, okay, Sabonis has been a little more important, but I don't think like in the clutch, his scoring is the most in the league, and he's basically doing on some of the best efficiency. Um, he's I'm not sure if his like numbers are career highs, but it's basically there. Um, they're the three seed in the West right now. Hello. Like, I feel like if the three seed was the Warriors and, like, they had De'Aaron Fox and, like, I don't know, just like if it was the Lakers and they had De'Aaron Fox mm-hmm. and Sabonis, those guys are both locks. It's like the market matters a lot. If it wasn't the Kings who haven't made the playoffs since 2006 or whatever it is, 
<laughs> like it just, it just, it just, it works out differently, but I think he is very deserving and I was not going to leave him off. And Dame in the last few weeks has played his way into my lineup. I think if Booker comes back in like the next couple games and then shows me again, because Booker at one point was like, he was 40, 50, 40. And then all of a sudden he was like 17, 20, 17. And then he was 40 again. I I think Booker's better than the majority of these guys that are above him, but it's just like mm-hmm. it, it. There were so many good guards that I ended up leaving him off just because of the the games played, and I hate to do it because I think he's a better player than Dame and De'Aaron Fox, and you can argue about Shea and Ja, even though I think they're probably both better than him, but it's like closer than you'd think. I'm fine with that. I considered Fox. I will say I do think there's a gap in terms of importance between him and Sabonis. Like, shout out to Mike Brown, too, for this. But Sabonis has completely changed the nature of their offense, like running so many handoffs to put their shooters in good positions and their ball handlers in positions to attack with an advantage. That's Sabonis and Mike Brown's impact. But his passing makes that possible. Off-ball movement, his ability to spot cutters, shooters, and obviously just like an insanely efficient scoring season. Been a great rebounder. And Fox is really good. The clutch stuff is super legit. And obviously his production is like star level. I will just say though, like the Kings have been better without him on the floor. And if you look at like their offense, their offensive production with Fox on the floor versus Davion Mitchell, they drop off by like a couple points. Whereas Sabonis, it's like they go to Rishon Holmes and it's literally from like the best offense in the league to the worst offense in the league. So I, I, just I, would, think- I would also argue that I think like, the gap like like Rashawn Holmes is like like Davion Mitchell I think is a serviceable backup point guard Rashawn Holmes is like not an above average backup like well offensively offensively he got that float game and he's athletic but yeah we're we're gonna debate Rashawn Holmes on this is crazy but I'm just like I I just think the drop-off is bigger in terms of a player as well okay but let me also just say this because I agree with you Davion Mitchell has more in common in terms of skill set with De'Aaron Fox right but I think that also just speaks to how freakish of a big man DeMontis Sabonis is because there's really no backup big in the league who can come close to doing what he does whereas there's a lot of guards who can score out of the pick and roll who can make their basic reads you know and I don't want to shit on what De'Aaron Fox does because he's the man but it's like he's not comparable as an all-around basketball player to Devin Booker or Damian Lillard to me he's just no he's not. not yeah so I do have book here I think this was his best season I mean, 27 a night, five and a half assists, best defensive season, in my opinion. And we have seen, of course, other injuries, too. But the Suns offense without him is might be the worst in the league. Like there is a complete lack of shot creation. And he covered that up. They were 18 and 11 when he played. And people were like, man, the Suns are going to contend, I guess, after all of that offseason drama with Aiton and whatnot and a weak bench. People were like, they're still going to be in that top tier. And they're four and 13 without him. Like just a complete disaster. Just an all around stud, man. Uh, And then Dame just having a great offensive season, dude. He's killing people out of the pick and roll as always 92nd percentile, killing people out of isolation as always 89th percentile, 29, four and seven, super efficient. They're 10 points per hundred better with him. It's a classic Dame season. And unfortunately the Blazers have fallen off a bit, but I think Dame has to be here. Like he's a lock. He's doing Damian Lillard stuff. Yeah, so I have Dame as well. Um, I have De'Aaron Fox. And I understand that, um, you know, Devin Booker, you know, the Suns were literally one of the top teams in the West for the first couple of weeks of the year. Um, and then, you know, Suns have fallen off a cliff. Their title window is probably 
there is no window anymore. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel bad for the Suns, and I feel bad for Devin Booker. Um, but his injury, I like De'Aaron Fox more. I think the the Kings have the best offense in the NBA. Um, he has the second most clutch points in the league behind DeRozan, but 41 people have more clutch minutes than him. So it just shows how efficient De'Aaron Fox is in the clutch. Um, and I value that a lot because, I mean, a lot of times I won't even tune into NBA games until like the last five, six minutes of the game. That's when I'm watching. Those are the most important times of the game. So um, that's that that's really valuable to me. Um, and I just think that two Kings being here is super important for the league um, and this organization in general, just because of how many years they've had to watch these terrible teams and now having the best offense, in the NBA, the two best players on their team deserve to be an all-star. For me, there's no debate that Booker's better. I just like, I don't, it, it was hard for me to put Sabonis as a starter and not have Fox in the all-star game at all. I just don't, I just think they've both been so important. Yes. Like, Dude, I might have to give Kevin Herter a shout out and like Malik Monk. He's they've been, been incredible. They've been Herter's that, good. that man. But like, I don't know. I just I um I would also give a shout out to CJ McCollum, who, despite a really, really good roster around him, like even without like he's been able to at least keep them somewhat afloat without Zion, uh Brandon Ingram for what feels like the entire season and Zion for like half the year. And like this was supposed to be like a juggernaut and Mikey and I picked them as a top two team in the West coming into the year. Um, and now they're the four seed, but they're really not that far outside of the three seed. I think when they're healthy, they're that good. But um, I just, I mean, he's like 20 points a game. He's efficient and he's essentially had to become a point guard since moving from Portland because they just don't have a point guard besides Jose Alvarado, who I love, but like he's not a starting point guard. So, uh, and then Paul George, um, I mean, he's Paul George. He's been good. I just like a solid amount of missed games and the Clippers have just been awful lately. Um, and I just like, that's the thought that is in my mind. That's the taste that has been left in my mouth from watching the Clippers recently. They've just been bad. And I just don't know. I, I, I don't value, I, I don't think he's done enough to be over these guys. And the last guy's aunt, um, he was never going to make it. The disaster that is the Timberwolves has screwed him up because they don't have they're just going to be without picks to build around him i don't know what they were thinking um we don't need to get into rudy gobert trade drama but i will say that and deserves at least like a shout out because he's had probably his best season he started a little slow but um the only saving grace of their season has been that uh he's been getting even better playmaking scoring i think he's been solid defensively too but um we know he's like, like Mikey and I believe that at some point he will have that crazy growth and maybe it's not this season, but like, I think we could have seen that this season if they didn't shell out all those picks and all those role players. And we could see the Timberwolves actually like being like a top five team. Cause I feel like at this last year's Timberwolves could make a, like a top five push in the West this year, this year's Timberwolves, maybe not. Uh, and cat getting hurt yeah. doesn't help them, but we don't need to talk about Timberwolves. I felt like he deserved a shout out. Is there anyone I missed for all-star shouts? I mean, I will say the last guy who I might mention, who I don't think has a case, but just having an unbelievable season, is Desmond Bain. Like, he is obviously one of the most lethal shooters there is, but has developed as a pick-and-roll ball handler, as a playmaker, lethally efficient. 
and his impact on team success has been pretty massive. I think the Grizzlies are 19 and seven when he plays. They were 19 and five until they dropped these last couple and very close ones. But like he's completely changed the outlook of their offense and they've needed it because they need half court shot creation and shot making and playmaking. And he kind of changes the ceiling of this team. I still think they're too bad of a half court offense. I think they're 22nd in half court efficiency this year, which is a big problem when it comes to playoff time. But Bain is a legit star. And if, the league weren't so stacked. And if he had played more games, I think he could be an all-star kind of guy. Yeah. For me, like the same type of guy, like somebody that in an off year would maybe have like a case to be an all-star somebody like Jeremy Grant, someone who's having the best season of their career. Um, You know, a lot of people went into the year thinking maybe Jordan Poole could do it. He's super inefficient and it, it sucks that, you know, he's still putting up like the numbers kind of, but um, yeah, he's not there this year. Um, and then, as I said, Jaron Jackson Jr., unreal defensive season, but he's just not playing enough minutes or having enough impact offensively to be here. But those are my like biggest nubs as well. I totally, Desmond Bain totally slipped my mind. I'm a huge Desmond Bain truther. I think he is one of the, still somehow one of the most underrated players. And if he didn't get hurt, I think he would have a real case. Um, he's like 25, 5, and 5, basically on like incredible three point shooting efficiency. So you made a good case. Um, yeah, I guess the East was a lot harder. We had a lot more debates in the Eastern Conference. Um, but I just think that I think it comes down to the fact that they need 13 all-star spots in each conference and they need because they need to account for the fact the league's more talented now. Yeah. And they also need um to to really make it the five best guys and the 13 best guys because I don't think that it makes sense to do it this way. Will they change it? I don't know. They should. They should do it for all NBA, probably too, to be honest with you, or at least make it a little more fluid because having Embiid on the second team all NBA last year was unreal. <laughs> um, so I just hate when that stuff happens. But uh, when it all comes down to it, this is what it is. These were our teams. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Carson, thank you for coming on. Um, definitely one of my favorite podcasts we've done just because of the nature of all this debate, these debates and stuff. Um, and we appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. This was very fun. Mikey, any last words? Nope. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for listening. Thank you, Carson, for coming on. And uh, make sure you guys follow Carson and NerdSesh on all their platforms. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.